Hello, and welcome to Adamant Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM, and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Christina Amiot. And my name is Rose Eva Fox Jenkins. And we'll be your hosts for today's episode of Adamant Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adamant Eve is Edmonton's feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss the topic of the relationship that we have with our body. To tell us more about this, we're featuring a group discussion that Roseva and Lisa had with some wonderful and knowledgeable folks who are going to talk about fat activism. That's right, Christina. We talk about the problems with the way that society views and treats folks who live in fat bodies. We also talk about how the way that the medical system views fat bodies perpetuates a lot of harm. Something that I found particularly useful is advice on what to say to your doctor if you don't want weight to be part of the conversation. For me personally, I found out that I have a lot of privilege when it comes to the way that my body is seen in the world. I learned a lot from this conversation, and I hope that everyone out there listening does too. Sounds like a great conversation, Rosiva. Yes, it was, Christina. It was so great that we had to cut it into two parts. You're going to listen to part one of the conversation, and you'll have to wait for part two in two weeks' time. Here's part one of Rosiva and Lisa's conversation about relationships with our body. Yeah, I'll start off by saying my name is Rosiva from Adam and Eve. I'm a producer. I've been a producer for six years with Lisa. Yeah, my name's Lisa. Uh, like Rosiva said, we produce here at Adam and Eve, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to meet very cool people like the people we have in studio today. My name's uh, Lauren. I am a registered provisional psychologist and uh, just happy to be here today. Awesome. My name is Allison Tunis. I am a local artist and fact activist is, I guess, what I do. And also, yeah, community artist is what I like to say. <laughs> uh, my name is Michelle. I am a student counselor, psychologist, whatever, right now. Um, and I talk a lot about bodies in the world. I'm Karen Kirkpatrick, also a registered provisional psychologist and working as a mental health therapist for Alberta Health Services. And I'd like to also identify as a fat activist. Mm -hmm. To start off the discussion, I think uh, defining, we have a list of terms to define. So one that came up was body trust. So what does that term mean to different folks? I think that's probably going to be a question for Karen and I because it is a very specific uh, phrase. Um, it's it was originally developed uh, by the folks over at uh, Be Nourished in Portland, Oregon, and uh, Karen and I have both done training with them um, to become body trust providers. And so, it's kind of difficult to explain succinctly because body trust is a lot of things. But I think the way that I conceptualize it is, it's all about uh, the relationship that we have with our bodies and, and more importantly, the trusting relationship that we have with our bodies. And so kind of getting back to our body story, um, how we lost trust with our body, how we uh, lost connection with the concept of pleasure. Um, I think uh, promoting like weight neutrality and in, in self-care practices and just generally being aware of the impact of diet culture and so it's it's a lot of things but I would say it's more 
about it's an approach to healing our relationship with our body it's again looking within and trying to figure out um what you've been told versus what you know is truth and getting back to recognizing your own body trust and that that can be pretty difficult in a lot of ways because you have a lot of doubt and what you've learned so there's a big unlearning process with body trust I would say. Uh, Lauren you also use the term weight neutrality. Mm. It's interesting because um, I think the new wave of this work is cons- is talking about how weight neutrality is not enough. Um, it's not enough to just be neutral about weight. Um, and in terms of, like, we can't just pretend that it doesn't exist. We can't just pretend that it's not a part of the conversation, that it's, that it's not um, something that impacts people's experience and um, as, is fat phobia is, as a form of oppression and things like that. So I think saying... Um, that we're just weight neutral is is not enough um but the the way that i was using it was how we can think about or conceptualize our self-care practices in a way that redefines what success looks like and um isn't so isn't focused at all on um different forms of measurements of our bodies, um, seeing exercise as a, or movement as a uh, pleasurable activity or something that we engage with, or even just um, moving our our bodies or being in connection with our bodies in a way that's pleasurable versus something that is considered to be much more like militant. Like even the word exercise is coming from, uh, is, is a military term. And so how can we reclaim uh, the the pleasure of, of moving and connecting with our bodies. So, yeah, that's what I meant by that. I would just add that, like, the notion of um, weight neutrality being, how do I say this, that, like, that we also, like, don't look at things like moving our bodies as punishment mm-hmm. for what we have done, what we've consumed, and that we're not, that, that we're not, that our self-care practices are not rectifying some thing we've done to harm our bodies through what we've consumed or that, that we are, that those practices are in and of themselves valuable and not based on our weight and not a punishment for mm-hmm. something. I also want to add that um, weight separating weight as an indicator of health and weight is just a weight and um taking all the power and all the everything that's tied to a number on a scale um away from that as well this is being weight neutral because you can't tell anything really except for a size by someone's weight yeah it's just a relationship to gravity yes yeah more than any kind of indicator of health yes and it doesn't actually mean anything no except literally your relationship to gravity and that makes me really have a lot of questions about in terms of fat activism and then uh, in terms of the medical model what are the changes that you'd like to see at the current medical model in terms of um how weight is conceptualized how long do you have (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that could be an entire show, show, an entire season of a, 
of a podcast of like what can the medical model do to un undo like generate like mm-hmm. generations of harm really and like the entire existence of the medical model is like founded on fat hate yep and i think now fat activists are starting to make like small measures with like individual healthcare providers around what like our own relationships with our doctors if we feel safe doing that and like our own kind of ways of quietly or loudly circumventing the medical model in our own way and i think we also forget that part of that medical model is like mental health care and fitness and all of those things that impact the way others view our bodies and i know for me most of my work around that is about undoing fat phobia in mental health care um and the way i fight against my own doctor all the time and i think she kind of love hates me (laughs) simultaneously about the way because i refuse to be weighed when i go to the doctor and if she wants to know about my health i will give her all of the blood that she wants Mm -hmm. um to snowball onto that. Uh, I also think if we're starting at the medical model, step one would be getting away from the BMI. Like it has no significance and it has, it doesn't tell you anything and it's based on some formula someone decided. And it's been disproven so widely. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's been totally debunked as any measure of health. Exactly. Also, um, (laughs) There's so much research now, if they would pay any attention to it, there's more harm in being discriminated against and having to face bias every day. That is more harmful to you than how much you weigh. Um, So as a doctor, I feel like, or anyone in the medical profession, even us mental health therapists or counselors, artists. um, (laughs) The random (laughs) artist. Uh, I mean, BMI was originally created for, um, like, distribution curves in large populations of people. It was never intended to be applied to individuals. And in doing so, it that alone has caused so much harm. And so I think that aspect of it, but definitely, like, even uh, appealing to the medical community as scientists, because it is a field that is should be and has been historically based in science. And so what we're saying is, here is the research. Here is, is the research that's coming out. Um, let's maybe just take a step back for a second and, and realize that there's lots of things in the history of science that we thought were true that turned out to not be true. And that's just a part of scientific discovery. And so let's put on some critical thinking skills hats and, and, and start to examine some of the new research that's out there that's showing, like Karen was saying, that, that things are very harmful. The social, the social determinants of health need to be a part of this conversation. I agree. And also, I actually have something to say. Um, as, as, as an artist, I, again, I'm less on the sciencey side of things here, but uh, I was actually asked to be part of a healthcare symposium earlier in the year in April for students at the U of A, um, for healthcare students uh, in various professions, so occupational therapy, physiotherapy, nursing, med students, all of those uh, mental health professionals as well. Um, and it was about inclusivity in healthcare. And what I did was I actually created a piece about 
the sort of need to to listen to how our language is portraying our biases and one of that's one of the things in healthcare and medical fields that I find a lot is that they're one not valuing the experiential knowledge of our patients like uh, people that come with that we are the experts on our own bodies we know how they work we know how they hurt we know what they do um, and the piece that I ended up making was about specific things that all healthcare providers, or not all healthcare providers, but various healthcare providers have said to actual patients. And bringing this and putting it in the faces of the next generation of healthcare professionals, again, they can see what's wrong with it. When you, when you pull it out like that, um, the words, like any things like, I, why would you want to continue looking like that? Or, you know, like, it's irresponsible to get pregnant at your size. Love that one. <laughs> um, these kinds of things. Um, you're not only disregarding your, your, your patients who know what their lives are like, but you're portraying your, your deep-seated biases as a professional, as a science. And that, again, coming from the, the more social side of things here is, is where I'm like, just changing the way we speak, the way we interact with people, our bedside manner for healthcare professionals uh, makes a huge difference. And even, I mean, there's so many ways we can change it, but that's a little one. So. Yeah, it, it really highlights, that example highlights the sense of, of being policed almost, of having an authority figure um, dictate to you when and how you're being responsible or not responsible um, and how rightly or not rightly you're living your life. The other problem with that, um, I just want to go back to what Karen said first and just say, like, the thing that really struck me is that, like, our the biases are making us sicker than any of our fat is. Oh, 100%. And I think that's something that Karen said that really resonated with me. But um, going back to your point, Lisa, I think... Um, the other thing is that what is what happens then is that other people, not fat people, take up this like notion of like, well, the doctors say and health looks like, and then they that is disseminated into their language and their view of health and the way they treat fat people in the world because this like notion of health being equated with thinness has become a very pervasive notion outside of the meta of the medical field and it it's something that people take up as a way also to be really cruel mm -hmm. to fat folks and i think like what is what like it needs to stop on the like systemic and the individual level a tie to that also is um morality mm -hmm. and whether or not you're a good person because you are subscribing to this idea of what is uh, a responsible person That's right. a good person if you cared you would do a b c or d mm -hmm. um and it just it 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 gives people the opportunity to judge other people split seconds without knowing anything about them and they feel justified in doing it and it's harmful. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm hearing as well is the this idea of 
uh, needing to move towards redefining what an expert is because it is um like michelle was saying it's like oh well these people say it's so therefore it must be so um and in that completely disregarding the lived experience of people and that's not only a, a, a healthcare thing but that's a a lot of other things too um i really like what you said michelle about not getting weighed by your doctor mm-hmm. and how powerful that is and i'm just wondering on an individual level what to say to a doctor when they say you should lose weight because i've i've had that comment said by the doctor too but what can you actually say to your doctor in that moment I feel really lucky. I don't know how it happened, but I lucked out so hard with my doctor. I think I met her. Uh, one of the things I do is I sell sex toys, and I met her. She had a, had me over to her house to sell sex toys yeah. to her and her friends, which is how I met her. And so she's, like, young. Like, we're the same age. Um, and she... And I, when I went in for my, like, interview to see if she was going to be my doctor, I just went, like, you know what, Michelle? This is going to be the time, this is going to be the first time that you have ever had a doctor that does not make me feel like shit about myself. I refuse to allow this person. I have enough, I have enough science behind me to back me up. And so I went in and I said, we're not talking about my weight. We are not talking about about weight loss ever and I have digestive issues and like so we have to talk about food but I was like we are not talking about food in a way that is about weight we're talking about food in a way that affects my digestive tract which is an internal system of organs which we can talk about that way and so and the nurses are really weird about it it's not the doctor the nurses don't understand and they think I'm doing something wrong. I can tell every time. Um, but because I'm I'm lucky and privileged to be like educated, white, cis, straight passing, all of those things, I take up the space that I need in the doctor's office and like shut down the nurses. But I also realize that that's something that I've had to teach myself how to do and that isn't like a skill that everybody has and I and I'm hopeful and maybe this sounds really arrogant or something but that like maybe some of the things that I'm bringing into my conversation my relationship with my doctor she's taking into relationships with other Mm -hmm. patients I'm hopeful but maybe not but I just like you know I I'm I'm concerned about my health Um, but I'm also aware that the size of my body doesn't have anything to do with my health. And if she would like to know about my health, I will subject myself to as many blood tests as she would like. I'll have ultrasounds, like actual health measures. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely involve myself with, but standing on a scale says nothing about me. And I think I'm working very and I'm a loud mouth and I always have been and I think that gives me a bit of force in my doctor's office that I realize is not everyone has but I would just like offer to people like your doctor is your service provider you're not doing them a favor by being their patient and I know it's hard to find a doctor but they can't fire you for refusing to stand on a scale Mm -hmm. I actually um recently did 
something similar where I went in with um, knee pain issues and I'm bordering on super fat and which is in the, the community sort of the size 26 to 28 it depends it's kind of fuzzy um but uh I'm not allowed like I'm not a confrontational person so I've always had a really hard time with doing those bits and pieces of of advocacy for myself and I went in and I didn't say anything the whole time and my doctor is a new doctor for me as well. Um, she didn't mention my weight through the whole thing, which was awesome. So at the end, I was like, you know what? I just want to say thank you for not bringing this up. And like, maybe we shouldn't have to thank people for not oppressing us. But at the same time, making her aware that that was important to me. And then we had a little conversation about it because she pulled out the, well, I'm not saying. And I was like, wait a second, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Like... I'm interested in learning about how to care for my knees by doing, making them stronger. That's what I'm going to talk to you about. And that was basically all I was capable of doing. Is your doctor but, skinny? Yes. Yeah. My doctor's like teeny tiny. Yeah. 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 So uh, it, it was, it was challenging, but she, she did respond favorably to it. So again, I hope that maybe that will make some differences for me and others, hopefully. In the future. And sometimes I think when people have issues with confrontation, especially with people that we see as being in positions mm-hmm. of power, um, I've heard of people uh, typing something up or writing something up ahead of time to bring into their doctor's office so that they can gather their thoughts and, and know what they want to say and then be able to convey that to their doctor without having to have that in-person yeah. kind of confrontation. Um, one other way that I suggest that people kind of sometimes go about things um, and I'm just going to use your knee pay f- pain for an mm-hmm. example because sure. we've been talking about it. Um, but if, if people will say to you, like, oh, okay, well, the solution for your knee pain is for you to lose weight, um, asking them, like, well, are there, like, people in smaller bodies that have knee pain? And I'm like, yes. Okay, well, what do you prescribe to them? What is what is their solution for this? Because there's another, there are, there has to be other ways mm-hmm. that we deal with this that, it, that it's not completely uh, dependent on weight. And I think, like, the point that Lauren brings up also, like, by saying, like, what do you prescribe to to people in, in other size bodies for their knee pain is that we also, like, when we just say, like, oh, we'll lose weight, we're doing two things. We're setting our, our patients, our clients, whatever, up for failure because, like, what if you don't lose weight? You still have knee pain, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and now you're a failure on top of everything. And you feel, and now you don't want to go to the doctor again because you failed, And we're also discounting other medical, like serious, I mean, there's so many stories about like fat people going into the doctor and saying like, oh, I have this knee pain or I have this back pain or I have this whatever pain, this discomfort, this illness, and they're dismissed and and the, the, the prescription is to lose weight. And then they have like an incurable form of cancer that had it been caught when it, when they went in the first time, you know, like had a doctor taken their, their complaint, like, like I think it was Allison said earlier, like we know our bodies and we know when things are different and when things are bad. And like my stomach ache is not fat. It's like my guts that are sure protected by all the fat, (laughs) but again, the organs you know, and I think like we do a great disservice to our patients when we 
medicalize fat and forget about all of the other body systems that come into play. Absolutely. Just have, sorry, I just want to add. Um, so Lauren mentioned having a written statement that you want the doctor to to see before they meet you, and that uh, we were at the ASDA conference this summer, and Shiloh George is an Indigenous person who actually gave everyone a copy of what they give to their doctor and insists the doctor reads it before meeting them, um, before they can form an opinion on them. And in there, I thought that was most powerful was, you're one part of my my wellness plan, my, my health care plan. You're just one piece of it. So don't think for one second that you're everything. And um, if you do mention my weight or say these comments or treat me in whatever way you want to put, I will find you. uh, I believe they said this is harassment and I will take it to the next level. So it was very firm in that and allowed people to um, take that copy. And then to snowball off also what Michelle said is I, I don't think that this is insignificant this um, topic and I know it's hard for people to go to doctors and a lot of people avoid getting treatment because it's so horrible how they're treated so having an ally to go with you to a doctor's appointment as well so that you're not in it alone and if you do feel upset you also have someone to um, be there to support you and witness you and kind of I guess validate how you're feeling. So there's a lot, I, I don't know, I think this is a big deal because people are dying yeah, because yeah. they're not getting medical treatment. So um, if, if it's been years since you've seen a doctor, then maybe this is something you can start planning for and have as, you know, as an intent, intention or something. And, and there's people that you can reach out to to support you to do this because you deserve medical care. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from four white people. Mm-hmm. And like when you get into the statistics of like fat black women Thank you. in medical systems, it's even worse. Yes. Or indigenous. Or indigenous women. It's even worse. The way pain and the way illness is ignored in black and indigenous communities is horrific. And like fat white women are dying. And like, isn't that the point that like the masses get upset when people who look like them start? Isn't that the point when the system starts to get upset? And it doesn't seem to matter um, to other white people that (laughs) because fat people are dying. So, and it's our own fault. And that's sort of the pervasive attitude. And that is horrific and violent and oppressive and dangerous and harassment. And, um, and I mean, we have to consider like, you know, we're also like speaking from a position of racial privilege here too. So... Thank you for acknowledging that. As well as gender privilege. As well as gender yeah. privilege, yeah. Um, the the rate of uh, gender-affirming surgeries that have been denied because of BMIs is a very, Ooh. very real issue. And, again, our tra- trans and non-binary uh, peers are are suffering uh, the fat phobia as well to a more significant degree even. Yeah. Thanks, Allison. Yeah. You just heard Lisa and Rosiva's interview with Lauren, Allison, Michelle, and Karen. That was part one of our conversation. 
Make sure to keep your dial set to 88.5 FM in two weeks' time to hear part two. Thank you very much to Roseva and Lisa for their discussion on relationships with our body. Thank you so much to our guests, Lauren Groves, Allison Tunis, Michelle, and Karen Kirkpatrick. We've come to the end of this week's episode of Adamant Eve. We produced this week's show in the studios of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in Amiskwichiwiskaiga, the traditional territory of the diverse indigenous peoples of this land, including the Nehio, Nitsitape, Métis, Dene, Nakota, Ojibwe, Soto, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community. Adamant Eve is a spoken word project of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Christina and Rosiva. Have a very adamant evening.